0: Listening to the new episode of In Love with the Process. I'm your host, Mike Pechy. How are you? What's new? I'm hanging out in a snow-covered Boston today. We're having one of those snowstorms that will basically shut the city down, um, and it's good because it's a perfect time for me to be able to just sit down, do some work, and finally get to recording the intro for today's show. Now, um, what is today's show about? Well, we're going to dig even deeper into the world of photography. Now in the past, I've had episodes on how to survive as a photographer. I've had episodes talking about how it's smart for you to open up to other photographers and to not label your work by your technique. Um, But today's show is going to be a bit different. I really want to dig in and appreciate the work that goes into an amazing shoot. Okay. So how many of you flip through a magazine and actually take a moment to stop and think of all the fucking work that goes into these campaigns because there's a lot of really good fucking photography out there. So much so that I think I often get worried that the audience is being oversaturated with great photography because we just see it. So the bar has been raised so fucking high. Um, and I know personally, I'll go through and look at a photograph and try to pull it apart and figure out like, how the fuck did they put this thing together? Um, and some of it, uh, looks like it's so effortless some of it looks like it's just a world that they just the photographer showed up and took some photographs but it's never that way there's so much detail there's so much effort that goes into these shoots um, and for today I I begged uh, Gina to come on the show uh, because she's not really a fan of podcasts <laughs> and I think she only does it because you know she's my girlfriend and she loves me but um, I wanted her to come on the program because she just went through an amazing shoot. Uh, she put out some of her best work recently, which is a ad campaign for Bruno Molly. Um, and I got to see from start to finish how she handles um, doing such a big thing. And it's really interesting. Like we go over the whole process, how she uh, deals with her clients, how she comes up with her treatments. Um, How she books and shoots with a crew in a city that she doesn't live in. Uh, It's really inspiring stuff. Um, And so uh, before we get started, I really suggest you head on over to GinaManning.com or check her out on Instagram and look at these new shots. So she did this big campaign for Bruno Mali where they asked her uh, to shoot essentially in Italy without going to Italy. Um, it's an interesting story cause we had to figure out how to make that work. And, you know, we live in the Northeast. Um, and you know, one thing I never really thought about is that when they shoot for like a summer campaign, they're usually planning that stuff months in advance. So when they approach a photographer, it's usually in the fall or the winter that they're actually setting up for a summer campaign. And logistically, it's like, how do I shoot the summer when it's fucking snowing outside? <laughs> there's a lot of really cool stuff in this episode guys um so if you are a young photographer and you're looking for that inside information on how these things are done this is the episode for you if you're just someone that loves photography and looks at images and goes ah I can pull that off uh, this is an episode for you too because you might learn something um but more importantly I'm really happy to have her on the show she's like one of my favorite artists one of the biggest inspirations in my life and one of the biggest supporters of my work uh, and I've seen her grow and her style grow uh, since she started and it's it's ridiculous how quickly she surpassed me as a photographer um, and I think she's fucking adorable. Uh, so please, this is that moment where we go find our noise canceling headphones, find that comfortable place in the house, sit back, relax, and enjoy the new episode of In Love With The Process. So, hi, Gina. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Hello, Michael. Thank you for having me.
0: It's uh, been a while since you've been on the show.
1: Yes, at least uh, a week. (laughs) (laughs) Longer
0: than that. We haven't done an episode. I think you were... When was the last episode? I think it was like we episode, were episode, 10 episode or... five. Oh wow! Holy shit! Five? Mm-hmm. Huh? You could tell I was hunting for yeah, material. Yeah, before
1: you could uh, find <laughs> <laughs> someone outside of the house. Mm.
0: Well, I thought it would be a good idea to get you back on the show because you just went through a pretty awesome job. You uh, put together. You were hired to do a fashion campaign. Um, for uh, the brand uh, Bruno Molly, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a full throttle gig for you, which was cool. It's been a while since you and I have worked together. We got to travel on this job. Mm-hmm. Um, and we shot this in Los Angeles. And um, it was kind of a fun gig. And it was really cool to watch you finally be able to just jump right in and do everything at the level that you wanted to do, which was great to see. Sure. Um, So uh, that's what I'd like to get into uh, for this episode. Um, Why don't we just start with the simplest question? Like, how did you get this job? Where did this job come
1: from? Uh, Actually, I received an email one night from someone I didn't know, (laughs) basically sliding into my DMs and asking me if I was up. and I wanted to work on a job. <laughs> it was uh my producer on the job, Jen Sargent over at Hay Road Productions.
0: Oh, so so you just got a random email, huh? How did she find you?
1: She actually just found my website, Google searching photographers in the area, which Whoa. is yeah.
0: That is like absolutely unheard of at this point.
1: Worse that money we pay for our websites that seem like they go nowhere these days.
0: <laughs> that's wild because most of the time these days I, I hear that people are mostly getting hired through Instagram and stuff, but she actually found you through a Google search.
1: Yes. She said I wasn't even on the first page because I don't pay for my Google ads, but she had to go hunting for me.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. That's yeah. that's actually good to know because you know, part of me was like, Fuck, do I even need a website anymore? But I guess I guess it's good to have as many
1: tax write-offs. Well, <laughs> <Nope.
0: laughs> I guess it's good to have as many flags out there so that people could find you. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm to burp. Oh, that's absolutely rude. Mm. I'd never be on actual pl- <laughs> NPR. Here I come. Right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so she she dug you up online. Um, and what was that initial phone call like? Was it just like a random client call, or was it a was it fun call, or
1: um, we met up and it was kind of like dating. <laughs> so we went out to lunch and kind of talked about our past, our our current and our future together.
0: <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Right. Because she had to still pitch the job. So she was looking for the right photographer in order to pitch the job to get yes. the
1: job. Yeah, we, we hadn't uh, landed the job yet.
0: Oh, right. And that often happens. So it isn't like the client itself is contacting you directly. This is you dealing with a producer at this point.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the, the first meetup was also about seeing if, if it was something we could do together uh, seamlessly. Because you don't want to go in somewhere and have a client feel like, you know, the producer and the photographer don't have their shit together.
0: Got it. Yeah, of course. And then you guys sort of formulated a plan for the pitch at this point, right? Mm-hmm. And so... What was that like? What, like? How do you guys go into the pitch process? Do you guys talk to the clients first, or do you guys just come up with an idea?
1: It varies on each project, but for this, they had a vague idea. It was f- originally for their fall-winter campaign, and they had an original, uh, kind of like a one-page mood board, mm-hmm. and they told us we could play around with that.
0: What is a mood board? You hear this term all the time, and I know a lot of the listeners may not know.
1: So it's it could be anything. It could be colors on a paper, uh, props they like. For this one, there was an animal in it that that they really wanted to have in the shoot. Uh, It's just... And it could be a conversation with them where they talk about, you know, I don't know, (laughs) like where the inspiration for the shoe line came from or anything to kind of draw together some things they'd love to see in your final concept.
0: Got it. Okay, so then you get this document, basically, of like it's sort of like a stream of consciousness kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's
1: like a visual explanation to the extent which they have produced it so far.
0: So then, I, I guess I've, I've also got these things too, and I'm, I'm playing a little dumb here for the audience, but uh, <laughs> sure. if, uh, you know, when I get those things, uh, it's this weird process of like, okay, so I've got some that are incredibly fucking detailed, mm-hmm. where they're like, okay, this is the type of person, this is the kind of shit... And oftentimes I'm like, well, why the fuck am I needed? Uh, I know.
1: I I don't prefer those. Yeah. I'd rather come up with the stuff and then feel invested and also nervous because it's your idea now and you're on the line. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Because those are difficult, right? So at that point, if you're coming up with something on your own, if you're coming up with this great idea, it's also this juggling act of trying to incorporate a few of their ideas and a few of their concepts, but then trying to process it through your your brain, essentially, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is you need to remember everything they said and find a way to incorporate at least a little bit of what everybody wanted and then also show exactly what you want and how to get them on board and excited and feel like they're a part of uh, the collaborative idea.
0: Okay, yeah, because at that point you are collaborating. Mm-hmm. And it, it there's a big difference between when you're hired to do a job for somebody and when you're doing your own job.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, completely different. (laughs) Still fun if you get to do it, uh, if you get to bring your own style into it, but (laughs) it's different when you're ruling your own kingdom. But it's also
0: fascinating because they're hiring you because of your look and because of your style and because of that. So it's this, I always find it really awkward. It's, It's probably my least favorite part of doing any sort of Uh, For higher gig like that, where I know that they're coming to me for my style. I know that they're coming to me for my stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you're sort of dealing with whatever document that they're sending you. And then you're dealing with the personalities. Because when you get on that initial call, and you can say if it was like this for this company, but when I get on calls with folks, it's sometimes like, fucking 15 people in a room and it's a bunch of different creatives, a bunch of different creative assistants and they're all volleying for voice, they're all volleying mm-hmm. for ideas and you have to navigate this thing.
1: Oh, especially during the beginning when you don't know their, their voices to their names completely and... <laughs> 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 but it, but it's, it's... Oh, lost my train of thought. Keep going with what you're saying. <laughs> it's cool. So like, and,
0: and that whole bit with a conference... I always hate conference calls in general because when you sit in there, it's like, hello, this is Jen. Hello, this is Tom. Hello, oh, this is Dan. Hello, oh, this is so-and-so. <laughs> and you're just waiting a good five minutes. for. And like, they
1: all have professional microphones like this. Yeah, exactly. And then Charlie's <laughs> in the back going,
0: I'm here in the back. You know, you're anyway, like, <laughs> oh, okay. And, and then you, everybody's sort of starting. And usually, if you're lucky, there's like a point creative on their end, which is guiding the conversation mm-hmm. or like an in-house producer for stuff.
1: Well, for me, I was lucky to have Jen who kind of spearheaded the beginning conversations. And she was really good about splitting up uh I'll talk about budget, and you, you spearhead the art side yeah. of it.
0: That's actually a nice thing to have. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yes, it's the best.
0: Have a producer, because then you could play good cop, bad cop, mm-hmm. is the hope.
1: And know? pitches, I, I know I say this to you all the time, even though we're acting like you know we've never had this conversation before. <laughs> uh, pitches are so weird, and I still don't technically understand the concept but i do where you send them the pitch and they have had it and they've had it for days and they've looked at it but then you get a phone call and they literally just want you to read <laughs> what's on the paper <laughs> and then get, usually i don't get very much feedback while you're doing it cuz they just want you to finish it and i'm so confu- i don't like nonverbal communication when i'm talking at someone and they don't respond to me
0: <laughs> it is awkward it is it took me years to figure that out too i was very fortunate when i was doing it um, and I was repped by Red Tree for the commercial job stuff, and I was working a lot with uh, Margie, Margie Sullivan, who's a great producer, mm-hmm. and she's really good at interacting with clients, and uh, she would teach me in the beginning and say, like, look, all you have to do is read through the treatment. Mm-hmm. Half You, you can't uh, assume that everybody in that room has read the treatment. A lot of these people yep. have crazy schedules and busy schedules. And then there's also the idea that internal voice says everything someone could read a script or someone could read something and bring their own life experiences into what they're reading mm-hmm. and it'd be way off fucking point from what you want
1: to say oh yeah
0: and for so, sure and so i and now i I find comfort in it now for me it's like okay there's 15 people that i don't fucking know they're all in the room and they're usually in a conference room and i'm alone on the back end of the phone so then I'm just like, okay, everybody, you ready? Here we go. It's story time, you know. <laughs> and you just read through it, and it helps bring everybody on page, on point, you know? for
1: sure. And I was lucky that these guys actually, for our second pitch, which we'll get into, but <laughs> they they had read it over and over again. And when I uh, got on a call with them, they had all these ideas, and I don't. They were just a great client.
0: That's fantastic, fantastic. So. Uh, so they give you your ideas and then, or their ideas rather, mm-hmm. and then you got to go home to come up with a treatment. You got to go back and process this. What is your, how does how does Gina come up with her, her
1: stuff? Usually it starts with a Word document with uh, a stream of thoughts that nobody else could possibly decipher. <laughs> and by page two or three, I'll start to pick things out of it and actually start deep diving into like certain sections of... Whatever idea could have been started from a color or in the first treatment, it was a wolf. So I started looking up Red Riding Hood stuff and like listening to Red Riding Hood nursery rhymes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You you go into a deep cave of things you should never think about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then um, how does it so then for you, you're very much a story based photographer, right? You like to come up with stories and backstories for your characters and you like to to sort of put them together, right?
1: Yes, yes. My friend Louisa, years and years ago, <laughs> once asked me what the story was behind one of my first photo shoots, and I didn't know. So <laughs> ever since then, I've been very uh, detail-orientated on that.
0: Which is a which is an interesting way to look at it, because most of the time, because photography is a visual thing, and like I said, you're processing what the client needs, and they're like, okay, there needs to be this shoe, mm-hmm. and there needs to be that. Um, it's a, is story really important, do you think, to
1: shoot? Uh, I I think it is for me because then you engage the viewer. I mean, not that seeing a beautiful woman half naked is not engaging as it is, but you kind of flush through that really quickly and use it for what you need versus if it was a story, then you're paying attention to what's in the frame, what the next photo is. And I don't know, that's, that's really important for me working with talent and giving them direction and just motivation for everything. It helps everything come together easier.
0: That's okay. I get it. So then, uh, you come up with the story first or do you come up with visuals first? Like how does it work for you?
1: Uh, it's story first for me and then visuals are way, then I can collaborate with the, the crew and come up with all that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, um,
1: and then you, you need to come up with your own, uh, mood board, which of course is not one page. It is a, approximately 40 pages. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that takes a while to put together, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can actually get through them pretty quickly because I harvest inspiration photos for years and years and years. So I can go through my own library instead of starting from scratch uh, for some of it at least. And then it's mostly getting down everything that's in your head into words, but not too many words, which is also a difficult thing because mm. <laughs> you need to say it in as few words as possible.
0: Because mm-hmm. people don't like to read.
1: Yes, yeah, me included, so I understand. <laughs> yeah.
0: So then if you're putting together this... Okay, so here's the other thing that I have always had issues with when I do mood boards or concepts or treatments is that uh, I'm trying to concept out something that doesn't exist. I'm actually trying to put visuals behind... Uh, something that I'm gonna shoot that's gonna look radically different,
1: different. Yeah, that's the one. But then you, you, I, my favorite thing is to put my own photos in the mood board so that then I can be like, and this one is my photo, so you can tie in my style with. Yeah. Because you can't. I mean, and if you do find something that looks exactly what you're shooting, then why are you shooting it? <laughs> it exactly. should be different than that. Exactly. Yeah. And,
0: and the the big fear that I've always had when I put those things together is that one of those creatives in that room is gonna fall in love with the wrong element of one of those photos. So like I might grab a photo just to say, look, cause see how the atmosphere is mm-hmm. blue in this photograph? Mm-hmm. That's what I need. But then in that photograph, there's a wolf wearing she high was, heels. Yeah, and then you're know focusing mean? on that. Exactly.
1: I, that's why I like to ask if if a client's like, I really love this photo. I'll be like, what do you love about that photo?
0: Yeah, so then you just sort of... I mean, it seems like you're trying to mine your way into their brains and into their yes. subconscious at that point.
1: Yes, and, and it's, it's not even manipulation. It's like... It's something that we all want, and it's just helping them. no surprises. like they know exactly what they're getting, you know exactly what they want, and you're also making it look really good.: Nice.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. So then you put together this whole package, and what do you just throw it together and like, uh, what do you use to, to, to actually create your, your document? I use
1: Keynote. And uh, even if you don't have a Mac, you can if, as long as you have an iPhone or iCloud, you can sign in and use it remotely.
0: Uh, right because keynotes pretty quick it's like a oh, fast yeah. assembly fantastic yeah and so then you gather your images you sort of put together your packet it's very similar to the same kind of packet that i would do for a, s- a, a script right a script yeah, yeah like a film it's very similar except i think the photo stuff weighs heavy like a lot more heavy on like outfits and and uh hair and makeup and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and that's an interesting thought too um I think this is why you're a better photographer than I am, because there hits a point where I'm like, I don't give a fuck about
1: clothes,
0: (laughs) you know, Um, are you obsessed with clothing? Are you obsessed with trends? Like, how do you stay up on that?
1: I'm actually not obsessed with trends. I'm obsessed with what looks good to me, I guess. And then I'm also obsessed with people who are really good at what they do. So I'm obsessed with a stylist. And when I look at all their work, I'm like, fuck yeah, whatever. I'll show you this mood board. Let's talk for like a month and develop something. And I want to hear everything that you have to offer for this.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And so, um, you must just be, how do you find your stylist? Like where are you finding all those people?
1: Uh, for this job, we actually, uh, Bruno Molly's out in New York, but we're fast forwarding. So I didn't do the fall winter. I ended up getting the spring summer campaign. Oh, right. (laughs) They put me on standby, (laughs) which was fine. They already had their photographer picked out for that. But uh, they were very loyal, and they're like, we'll come back to you for spring-summer. And I was like, sure. That is
0: that is fucking rare. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I'm never counting on that to happen with anyone else in the world, not just <laughs> job included. <laughs> <laughs> that is rare. Yeah, yeah, it, they were really fantastic. And uh, we were supposed to shoot their spring-summer in New York, working with budgets, but we actually pulled together a shoot. Uh, Jen crushed it on the budget, and we were able to fly out to L.A. for the shoot, and...
0: Oh, because of course they you're shooting for a campaign in the winter time, right? Yes. was not the deal. So, like because they need that time to turn around the clothes. Yeah. Yep. So whenever you it needs see to be
1: shot in uh, November for a March release.
0: So whenever you see these uh, campaigns for for spring and summer shit, they're usually shooting that like what five months ahead of time, four yeah. months ahead of time. So, uh, that was an interesting dilemma because they're like, we want this to look like a fucking summer, (laughs) Italy (laughs) and it's fucking snowing out, Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which was funny. That was the same thing we were running to in the fall winter. They wanted to shoot just after all the leaves were coming back. Oh, never mind. I can't remember. It was so long ago. So many lifetimes have passed. Oh, yeah, because the, the season <laughs> was, was different. the same problem, yeah. And
0: they wanted it to look like a fall bit. Yeah. I ran into that, too, when I, years ago when I did, and you were on the job with me, when I did that uh, cover for the...
1: End of the World cover? For,
0: no, it was for Boston Magazine, oh. and it was their summer issue, and they wanted... And they, oh, they, it was they a fucking you, nightmare. They
1: took you to the, the... what was It wasn't Revere Beach, but it was a beach that had absolutely no skyline, and they're like, hey... But we want the Boston skyline in this photo,
0: <laughs> but also trees. Remember, oh, yeah, trees. they wanted trees, <laughs> and it was like in the fucking winter, and all the trees were bare. And so I'm sh- I'm doing a couple shots in the direction that the creative wanted it, and there's a fucking bare tree back there. And she's like, "You could just put leaves on that tree." And I'm like, "What?"
1: <laughs> <And at this laughs> How point- much am I getting paid? Yeah, the real
0: question. <laughs> at this point, it's like, oh my god, I have to do a full composite gig and pull all this stuff together. Um, so th- you crushed it though. Yeah, it came together, but it was a fucking nightmare.
1: Yeah, but but it was through that process that made it less enjoyable for you because uh, you would have handled it differently, <laughs> much differently,
0: much differently. And and you know, not all jobs are go as well as your job just went. Like I've done plenty of fucking nightmare, goddamn oh, yeah. jobs. We all have with creatives that you know just don't communicate well with the photographer, and if you don't have that communication, if you're not aligned. And you don't have that trust and that understanding. And it's on both ends. As a photographer, you need to understand what they need, how it's going to be used, mm-hmm. and what their what their process is. Mm-hmm. And from a, a creative to a photographer standpoint, you need to understand what the budget is, how much time is involved with these things, mm-hmm. and what physically can be pulled off within those periods of time. So it's, a, it's a crucial for you guys to be aligned ahead of time.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah.
0: And it's difficult because, like, you, for your instance— I guess it's interesting that you got to write a treatment for them a season earlier, uh, and so you got to meet them during that period of time, you mm-hmm. got to pitch to them, and then mm-hmm. you had a whole season to wait before you did the actual pitch that
1: you Yes, got. nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were, on, they were on top of it. As soon as it was uh, time to go, they were like, let's start this early, come... Come hang out. Let's figure this out.
0: That must have sucked, though. So, like, you go through the process, and you put together a whole pitch for a shoot, mm-hmm. and then you put it all together, you do your document, and then what do you do? You get on a phone call, and then you have to you pitch, pitch it. To you them. lay
1: your heart out on the line.
0: <laughs> and what was their initial response to your to the fall pitch that you did?
1: They loved it. They, I like to give... Uh, have a pitch be very stern in what my ideas are, but also give options on the back end when it comes to, like, look and technical tricks we can play, because I love playing with technicalities uh, uh-huh. in-camera practicals. But, uh, yeah, they, they loved it. They had no complaints. They were like, we're definitely going to use you, but we they already had a photographer that they've been using, and they they promised him one more season, so...
0: That must have been a little heartbreaking at that point after you went through and you did that whole treatment.
1: I re- you were more upset about it than I was. I remember that because I was like, no, they said they're coming back. And you're like, yeah, of course they're coming back. Sure. <laughs> I was like, no, they said they would.
0: <laughs> well, you know, cynicism.
1: Couple, You got a couple years on me. <laughs>
0: but, you know, uh, they did. They came back and, and they asked you to do this treatment. Now, and this one was bigger to a certain extent in oh, yeah. the fall. Oh, for those, sure. You know, and what did they ask for for this new treatment?
1: Uh, For this new treatment, they didn't have really much. We met up, and what they did have was uh, their shoe designer's experience of going to Venice and how that inspired the whole collection and the way the shoes look and the fabrics. And then they had just watched Call Me By Your Name, which is a beautiful film. (laughs) And they were like, "We, we really want to hear what you have to say. And these are just the things, they just kind of spewed off some things that they loved. And I was like, hell yeah, I can work with all of that.
0: <laughs> so Call Me By Your Name was uh, filmed in like Tuscany, right? Or was it? Uh... I think
1: so. It was, it was somewhere in Italy for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. So they they sort of fell in love with the Italian vibe? Yes. Is that what it was?
1: It was like lifestyle, candid, motion forward, uh, melding of fashion meets color all sorts of <laughs> little weird. things yeah.
0: yeah weird weird I always get crazy when, when you get those uh descriptions thrown at you too where it's just like this is you know people living their better life or whatever their fucking line is and this is like, from our talk last night yeah <laughs> And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? You know what I mean? It's it's always. I like this... I
1: like imagining though. I like figuring out what that means, and then either being entirely wrong and having my soul crushed, or <laughs> being totally right and having it be amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay, so then they come to you and they say, we want to do this Italian villa thing, and of course, the first roadblock that you guys see is that they wanted to shoot in New York in the, in the oh, wintertime.
1: Yeah. Jen was on top of that. She's like, it's not going to happen. It's going to be snowing. <laughs> and it's going to be freezing, so they can't wear dresses, even if it doesn't snow. <laughs> but we did find some beautiful locations in New York. Uh, in theory, we were supposed to shoot in October, where there was still a little bit of a chance we could have done it. But as it slowly became end of November, we yeah. she jumped on the gun to get everyone on board to fly out to L.A.,
0: Okay, and so now you're shooting in Los Angeles. Yes, and this is your was this your first time doing a shoot in Los Angeles like this large or
1: uh, at that scale? Yes, but we've been there so many times. While you've been working, and I've been just uh, meeting new awesome people, that I had a, a really good network of artists and agents, and just a great backdrop for to feel comfortable going out to LA and shoot.
0: Got it. And so that at this point, you uh, go and you do a whole new pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, a whole new mood board based mm-hmm. upon the Italian thing,
1: but this one was way better. Because oh no, that's not true. I didn't still. I still didn't have the job. Really? <laughs> yes. When I pitched another forty-page document, and I had to pitch it about three times, just because different people couldn't be on the phone, which happens sometimes, and you have to oh, God. get on different phone calls. Uh, and then after that is when we finally secured it. So.
0: So then you get the thumbs up. September,
1: right before we actually went to Italy. Oh, right, because we went to Italy right (laughs) after Yeah, like the day before I found out that I got the job. So that trip became research.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then, uh, okay, so at that point they say, okay, you got the gig, pull it off. And so Jen's got to get to work. And it seems like the biggest hurdles at that point are...
1: Oh, God, it's the budget now because you're expensing travel and trucks and cars and... Planes and all sorts of modes of transportation that would otherwise, yeah, be you dust wouldn't in have had to. Do. Yeah. yeah,
0: and so where do you guys start? Do you guys start to find the collaborators first? Do you start to find location? Like, how does that work?
1: So I felt really confident about crew out in LA, and she was very kind and trusting to be like, "Sure, go find. I want you to have the team that you want. So, you know, go hunting." <laughs> and then that's kind of when I go crazy because I'm used to reaching out to all the people i want to work with ruthlessly <laughs> to get them on board um so yeah slowly i i
0: pulled we, together the we team.
1: we both worked together because i found some people and then some of my key people weren't available and then she was killing it on the internet so we did a a good loop de loop so do you f- Oh i said loop de loop i never thought i would say that word <laughs> <laughs> So do you follow like
0: a shitload of fucking stylists and stuff on Instagram? Like, how do you keep track? of I
1: do. A couple were my top, top, like, we're going to make something amazing. And unfortunately, they weren't available. But the stylist we ended up going with, Tara, uh, is an amazing stylist. And we actually found her. I found her through a Google search. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there it is again, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I originally found her through a Google search and I, I had her on my queue and I was like, this is perfect for her. This is perfect for her style. She does a bunch of campaigns, so let's right. make it happen.
0: So at that point, you're looking for a stylist first, and then you're looking for a makeup artist, right? Those Yes, are the two and big things?
1: I never was looking for a makeup artist because I have my favorite makeup artist, Christina, and uh, she's with Artist Untied.
0: Is that the name of the... Yes. She's repped by them?
1: Yes, with John, uh, her agent, who's also a sweetheart. And she is just... We first worked together shooting... Uh, that was that... That studio shoot in LA where we had five models. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we ended up with like 57 photos and eight hours later. And she, we barely talked to each other. She just knew what I wanted from the mood board. And it was, I was like, if, if anyone's going to get a 10 hour day done with 12, <laughs> 12 setups and three talent, it's going to be Christina.
0: Oh, she's a fucking right. Oh, but
1: Christina did, did hair for this. But oh, she is she? a makeup artist. Uh, and then Kelly, she was like, I have the makeup artist for us, and it was Kelly, and she is phenomenal. Oh, fantastic! We should tag all these people. Uh, Sure, is that a thing that you do? Can we put them like in the comments or some shit? (laughs) I can do that for all you
0: millennials now that need your tagging. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tag everybody.
1: Uh, And I have a terrible fear of getting last names wrong. So even though I know all of their last names, I'm not even gonna. The chance (laughs) that I'll have to listen to this again and hear me saying it (laughs) wrong—we're too close for that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, but she's great actually uh
0: she's a huge like music nerd and she travels oh my
1: and, god Christina yeah oh she is a goddess <laughs> yeah
0: she travels and she loves bands her and I nerded out a bunch when yeah. we were out there in oh California.
1: when we were eating Mexican food that we don't remember eating
0: <laughs> I just remember going into that place and we there had was a f-
1: flaming drink in front of us
0: <laughs> well there was that fucking mariachi band yeah
1: Seats right next to them, so we're, we're drunk and we can't understand what each other's
0: saying. There's this weird blur of putting beans in my face and then listening to like this mariachi band sing to me. I felt like I was in like a weird Robert rodriguez movie.
1: Uh, Yeah, you were besides the death and gore. Yeah.
0: Um, that's cool so then you put together your team and then how do you convey do you just send the team your mood boards or did you create a specific mood boards for these guys
1: so we did find the team uh before i put together a shot list which was not as helpful for the props girl because then i had to put she had to wait for me to put together the shot just because everything was just going so fast and we had so much to do because of the budget jen and i were Hustling on a two-woman everything. team for a long time <laughs> We had to find talent was one of the next things we had to do. Mm-hmm. So once we we narrowed down this past the original mood board, which was a general idea, a breakdown idea, like what colors we would use, how we want the house to look. Uh, we put together an actual it's like a mood board, except very specific to the shoot. But it's right. not yet a shot list, <laughs> right? Oh, this is
0: interesting too, because how, like, you have to get, you have to run all this shit by the client, right?
1: Yes, everything, every step of the way. We had weekly meetings. I think they were on Tuesday.
0: <laughs> so then you're just sending them options, and they're choosing options. Yes. So it's like yeah, your you choices? have to have
1: the clients on board, especially on on higher budget campaigns. From, you know, every little thing needs to be run like by approved. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. And that way everybody's sort of staying on the same page and there,
1: there isn't those surprises when you're on exactly, set. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And you want that because you want everyone on set to have fun and not be worried about anything.
0: So this is as good a time as any to take a break and give a little love to the sponsors of the show. Without these guys, the show wouldn't exist. Without these guys, you wouldn't hear my beautiful singing voice every other week at this point, hopefully, Maybe. If we're lucky, if I get a couple more sponsors, it'll be more frequently. But until then, let's give some love to our fellas over at Puget Systems. If you're a young photographer, if you're a young filmmaker, and you're in the marketplace for a new computer, uh, and you go over to that uh, big corporation website that we're all told that if we don't own one, then we're not a professional... And you start to price things out, and it's absolutely ridiculous. You feel like you have to cut a kidney out of your body and give it to them for a long period of time. uh, And you just don't want to do that. And you want to keep your overhead costs down low. I mean, I've been talking about that on the show since we began. The only way to stay employed is not have a ton of bills, because who knows when the next paycheck happens. And who knows how often your client will actually pay for your gear. (laughs) So, uh, what I do is I go and I build a PC. PCs are a lot less expensive to build, uh, and you can make them customized specifically to your needs. Um, One thing, I was just hanging out with the dudes over at Puget System last week, uh, and one thing I learned was that in order for uh, Macs and Apples to be so beautiful, in order for their cases to be so slick and slim, um, they have to give up hardware uh and power because they have cooling issues um but if you build yourself a pc with the right kind of case uh you can put the beefiest processor in there you can put the beefiest sound card or beefiest graphics card in there uh without coolant problems which is something very fascinating something i didn't realize um but anyway i'm on a fucking tangent here Uh, If you are looking to buy a new computer, head on over to PugetSystems.com. They make it very easy to find a computer that suits your needs. You can actually sort through the software that you use. So if you decide that you're going to build yourself a Monster Lightroom computer, uh, these guys have done all of the testing on all the different hardware that's on the market. They do it all the time with every new piece of uh, hardware that comes out. They do benchmarks, tests, and they Filter through all of that marketing bullshit and they actually get to the truth of like what runs better for what software. Uh, So definitely head on over to pugetsystems.com and build yourself a monster new machine. Uh, Also, sponsoring this episode, as always, are our good buddies over at Google Boston Camera. If you're a young photographer, if you're a young director, if you're a young cinematographer, And you are finding it very difficult to keep up with the current trends in gear and equipment. We all know how fucking expensive uh, the brand new cameras are. Uh, I highly suggest you change your philosophy and don't go buy all this shit. Actually go uh, create a really good relationship with your local rental house. Um, And if you're on the East Coast, uh, Rule Boston camera is the place to go. And here's why. These guys carry everything that... You see used in cinema today, on TV today, uh, VR today, all that stuff. Um, So you can actually go in there, talk to the guys, and get your hands on this equipment ahead of time. You can do some tests, you can do camera tests, you can figure out what rig works perfectly for your project. So isn't that an interesting philosophy? Instead of trying to cram your gear that you still owe money on on a project, you can actually pick the equipment that works for that project. How cool is that shit? Uh, And you can go in there and test it. And your clients can feel confident that you're prepared uh, for that job. They can also rely on the fact that if you rent equipment, because we've all done this before, equipment is finicky. And if you rent that equipment and that equipment goes down on you on the job, you can call the dudes over at Rule Boston Camera and they will drive out a replacement. This has happened to me on multiple jobs where I've had some weird lens freeze to the camera and I'm able to call these guys and they will just ship someone out and fix it for you on set, and if not, they have a backup. Um, and that is the difference between a local rental house and dealing with an online rental place. And even though you get sweet deals from a lot of these online places, you're kind of screwed. You're remote, get this equipment, and if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Or if they ship you the wrong piece of gear, then you're kind of screwed. So uh, check out Rule, Rule.com, Rule Boston Camera if you are in the East Coast, and if not. There's a ton of really great rental houses across the country, across the world. Um, so don't be afraid to go in there and talk to them. There, it isn't some sort of elitist group. Uh, these guys love working. I know for a fact, Rule loves working with independent filmmakers. Um, so those are the reads for the show. Oh, also, please support us by uh, going to our Instagram account. It's in love with the process, P O D. That's in love with the process, pod. Um, And there you'll be able to see a bunch of my posts behind the scenes stuff. I post shit that inspires me. I also post uh, all the latest updates for the podcast there. Um, And you can write to me there as well. You can actually reach out, give me some advice, give me some feedback. You know, you thought I was bullshit on the last episode, call me out on it. Fuck it. You know, we can get into all sorts of conversations. And that is also where I do, uh, sometimes I'll do some live broadcast there and on my personal account. at Mike Petchy. So I'm pretty much on Instagram these days. Uh, Facebook, who the fuck cares about Facebook anymore, right? I still have those pages, but no one's on Facebook. And uh, Twitter, I mean, Twitter just seems to be the place to tear down people's careers. And I kind of keep myself off of that, mostly. So uh, Instagram, I'm a visual guy. That is the place that I'm at. And if you like the show and you want to support the show, Go to in love the process.com. There, you can click to donate. I have a donate button, five dollars. Uh, but if you are broke, and I get it because you know we're all in this business, uh, and you still want to give some loot to us, and you haven't already been a member of Audible, you can sign up for Audible. So, sign up for Audible Trial. So, it's audibletrial.com backslash in love with the process. Uh, everybody that signs up for that using our name, uh, we get a little bit of loot. You get a 30-day free trial. You also get a free book to start. Um, Audible's really great, actually. And I know that you like listening to shit because you're listening to this podcast. And I I, I don't know if you're like me, but I don't seem to have the time to sit down and read a book these days. And so it's a really nice thing to be listening to a book. Listening to this podcast first, of course. But then listening to a book while you're driving and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, So go check it out. It's audibletrial.com backslash in love with the process. Sign up, and if you don't like it after thirty days, I'm probably not supposed to say this. You can cancel it, and we still get fucking paid. So, there you go. All right. So those are the reads for the episode. Let's get back into it. Right. So now you've got a you've got a cast of characters, right? I remember you You and I were sitting down and we were talking about your shot list. And one of the things with this job, with so many jobs, is just how ambitious these things tend to be.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yes, and I'm ambitious. <laughs> yeah.
0: So like, it, it's about setups, it's about time, yep. and it's about budget. And what you're trying to do, if you can stick to a day, then you can actually spread that budget pretty far but as mm-hmm. soon as you start having a crack into day two then it's essentially double the budget
1: exactly we did not have the budget for day two but
0: at the same token they wanted to have quite a few different setups
1: yeah our, our rule was 12 12 final shots and for me of course that means 12 different completely Set different setups
0: because <laughs> you know afterwards you know we'll get into this but afterwards we were just sort of going through and in the past we've gone through other fashion spreads and other, other things and oftentimes when you don't have that background knowledge mm-hmm. about this stuff you're looking at it going jesus christ it's all in the same fucking spot
1: oh yeah it and all-, all
0: looks the fucking same and you're sort of flipping through like eight images and they're just swapping out outfits and you're like man how how fucking boring um, but now you just sort of have a lot of empathy for the the photographer at that point where it's like, you know, I've got a shitload to do within a day mm-hmm. and, uh, I cannot necessarily change this up as much as I would like to change.
1: this Yeah. Up. And, and usually those campaigns that have one location with different outfits, it's because most of their money went to having Bella Hadid or like yeah. some huge astronomically expensive model yeah. <laughs> as their spokesperson.
0: Right. So then they find a corner of a room and they light it really cool. Yeah. And then they exactly. just sort of bang it out. Exactly. Okay, so then uh how many talent was was in your piece?
1: We had three uh, our casting session, that was a lot of fun, remote casting, oh, <laughs> which I basically just get to sit in my bed and watch people feel very awkward cause it's a photo casting, but they had to do a, like a basic monologue about their life, <laughs> which was so strange. Yeah. We, we went through exclusive studios, which I think they do a lot of video yeah. and we also, I also had to get photo, both video and photos of their feet. <laughs> weird <laughs> to sift through it makes sense because it's a shoe campaign but i felt very weird looking at like 200 people's feet
0: <laughs> you're like the ultimate creep like, where mm-hmm. you're like I- i'd like to have- i
1: liked his face but his feet are just not doing it for me <laughs> <laughs> feet are a must
0: <laughs> mr fucking oyster shell toenails
1: yeah well i'm an insane person so i put together another 40 page breakdown on my favorite uh cast members and how they would play together for my story <laughs> oh <laughs>
0: So then, you find your talent at this point, right? So yes. you go through the process, you pick out your talent.
1: Yep, yep. It was Maria with Elite, uh, Michelle with Industry. LA. I love Industry; they've they've been great to me, and uh, Jean.
0: Oh, he was cool.
1: <laughs> love him. What a sweetheart. He was a
0: great dude, and we'll go. We'll get off the rails. Oh, you have for a minute. to
1: tell them about what he did. He was
0: a great dude. I, I got. I worked with Gina, and we'll get into that as Mm -hmm. well. I was on set um, and uh, doing the lighting. So Gina basically brought me on as lighting designer for her. Um, But it was such a tight budget. um, And I know Jen did the best that she could with the money that we had. But normally, I, I was doing the job that we would normally have five guys to do. Oh, yeah. So it was a lot. And this mansion that we ended up shooting in was on the top of a fucking hill. Mm-hmm. And you have like a two-ton grip truck show up yep. with all this fucking gear.
1: From one spot to the next, there was always at least one flight of stairs.
0: Oh, God damn it. And like that that climbing with ballasts and the climbing with stands sucked. Like it's straight oh, up. You were
1: so sweaty the entire straight day. Straight up
0: sucked. And so loading that stuff in was a bastard. And then at the end of the day, you do like a fucking hustle, you know? And I don't know if we did, what do we do, 12? Or I forget how many hours we did that
1: We... Day. Which, which is another thing, 10 hour shooting day. Ah. So, but, but we were allowed to be on, on set for 14.
0: Yeah. So we were there for a while. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, you're exhausted mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I'm just staring at all this gear that I have to cart down the stairs. And but, but
1: Alex, the, the production manager, Alex Wayne, he was oh yeah. crushing he's, it, helping you. <laughs> he's, he's crushing it.
0: He's doing all sorts of shit. And, but he, even Alex and I are staring at this fucking gear.
1: Alex was super sweaty the entire day, too. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, we're staring at this fucking gear going, God damn it.
1: Uh,
0: And what's his name? The talent there. He walked over to me, and he was so appreciative of how hard I had been hustling that day for Mm -hmm. him that he was like, I'm going to help you load the shit. And I'm like, don't, don't, don't touch it because the crew's not going to be pumped about that. You're not supposed to be touching this stuff. He's like, just don't tell him. And he started to fucking unload stuff. And he was up and down those fucking stairs like a fucking madman. Yeah. And smoking cigarettes at the same time, and oh I'm like, my God. "Dude, you're out of your fucking." He is mind. so
1: nice. He has like a, a little love affair with you. It's so great. I know. He, I mean, he wrote I mean, to me, and he's like, "Your boyfriend works." So he doesn't even have an accent, but his name is just so beautiful <laughs> that I give him an accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's he was a sweetheart. Well, I think he had an accent. Did he have an accent? I don't think so. Oh, he was a beautiful man. Yeah, you're a beautiful man. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, not you. I'm talking to him. If you, yeah, if you I listen know, to I this, you. but I you're also you. a beautiful man, Mike. No, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's
0: fine. It's totally fine. Uh, so, all right, so I jumped ahead here. So...
1: Yeah, where were we? Booked the talent,
0: you got the talent booked.
1: Yep, they were amazing.
0: Okay, great. And so then, um, you got your stylist booked, you've got your key positions booked, um, and then... Oh, uh, props. Oh, okay. Right, because this was a big... You were basically treating this like a movie shoot, essentially.
1: Oh, yeah, I was very adamant. I mean, we, we found... Do, do we talk about the location? No, we
0: could talk about the location.
1: Okay, yeah, because then that would explain. Stuff. Yeah, because there was a bunch. <laughs> Sorry, I'm new to this whole thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't run my show. <laughs> there was a bunch. There was a bunch of uh, locations that you guys were looking at, right? You guys were trying to find. A oh sp- yeah. Because I guess the difficult thing was trying to find a place that looked like Tuscany,
1: Venice, in, Venice, of uh, Venice. Yeah,
0: it was Venice.
1: We we kind of trailed more into a general. Italy vibe, but but Venice was our original intent.
0: Yeah, and uh, so California's got the weather, but then California mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have the... The
1: Venice. The Venice. But,
0: the Venice. <laughs> so then uh, you guys hunted high and low.
1: Yeah, and then Jen found uh, the Villa Sofia. And oh. it is the most glorious mansion in Los Feliz. <laughs> That's right. It's like
0: up on this big hill.
1: Oh, it's just hidden away with a bunch of other really nice houses, but... It, Tim, the owner, just was like, I love Spanish influences, I love Italy, and I have the money to make all that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that was it's, cool. a, it's an Airbnb rental and a, a regular rental, and it's actually pretty affordable if you for two people to stay in his guest house. Yeah,
0: sure, if you're not allergic to fucking dogs.
1: Oh, yeah, you are, but I wasn't. And his oh dog's name God. is Sophia, so it was named after the dog, I think.
0: It just shows how much I love you that I fucking went to that goddamn dog The shit.
1: dog wasn't around at all.
0: Uh, as it says, the guy that had to cart shit up three fucking flights of stairs <laughs> and was wheezing the whole fucking time. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's why you have two yo- two lungs. Two youngs.
0: <laughs> two youngs, yeah. <laughs> I'm coughing, thinking about it. <laughs> <coughs> um, So... Okay, so you find this amazing spot. And, yes. you know, as we know, as a shooter or photographer, uh, location is everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Location is everything. But this has got to be difficult for you because you're uh, doing all this producing remotely. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with this stuff in a different city. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the time, the three-hour time difference was killer at times.
0: I run into that every time I deal yep. with shit on my end. Yeah. It's a big fucking deal. Um so... Props. So then you have to find props, and so you got to get your props in this situation. Yeah,
1: right? yeah. And uh, we found Marissa, who is actually friends with my DIT on the shoot, Jason. hmm But we could talk about him after. Sure. <laughs> Freddie versus Jason. Yeah. <laughs> just riffing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's quality. It's quality content. <laughs> Thank
1: you. It's very good content. Uh-huh. Um, Marissa and I, we had maybe the most fun because I decided very early that I wanted all vintage props um, vintage chairs
0: right and you're in California so they have all the prop Prop houses houses
1: and she knows them all and as soon as we confirmed the job with her she was like already at props houses sending me stuff so I was like oh this is amazing meanwhile Jen's like we're not getting props and I was like sure we aren't
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty cool because when we're shooting here on the East Coast, getting props is a little, little bit more difficult.
1: Yes. Everything's a little more difficult on the East Coast because we're so tight and yeah. you know, there's no room for the vast amount of props houses they can fit
0: Yeah, in LA. Well, and they also have just all those fucking studios and shit. Yes. So you, yeah. Movie. Like, like movies and TV movie. shows. Movie. Movie and TV shows. <laughs> all that kind of crap's kicking over there. That makes sense. Oh, so,
1: yeah. So Marissa and her assistant had a truck and they also had to lug their fair share of Yes, we Uh, had to have all the new dining room metal chairs, uh, those big prop lounge chairs for the pool shot. And then she crushed it down to like, we were deciding what type of drink they should be drinking. She's like, let's do an Aperol spritz. So she got real fruits and oh, she was so good. I, I was like, we need to have a charcuterie board because you and I, you know, Mike and I are obsessed with charcuterie boards. And I was down to like, I need nuts, loose nuts on the charcuterie board. Meanwhile, it's like almost a vertical, sh- uh, a horizontal shot. So you could barely see it, but it, it means a lot to me. It's those little details. <laughs> if you zoom in, you notice.
0: <laughs> so that's cool. So you get your props, you get everything in place. And yeah, then um, she was phenomenal. The, I, I, at some point, you were just getting a little restless because you're used to being on the ground at
1: that oh point. Oh, my God. Yeah. Luckily, we had worked it out in a way where you you know, you know, and I could fly up two weeks early, which I don't know how we would have got it done if we didn't. Uh, location scouting the hours of the day alone Yeah, was imperative.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was great because you got to go out there. We got to be in the spot yeah. a bunch and see the space. Uh, and then you and I talked about lighting for this thing you know which is always an interesting it's always an interesting thing
1: those that was a section that I didn't I definitely didn't have as much time to develop the lighting with you but that's why it's key to work with somebody who already knows your style and you communicate well because we some of it we did and figured out as we were there yeah you you prepped everything you know we decided all the gear that we needed and everything but like little tweaks on set happened which for some of you know, like props, that didn't happen because she knew exactly, like her and I were pinned down. But you crushed it, kind of developing.
0: Thanks. I mean, it was it's a it's always a difficult thing to try to get into the mind of whoever it is that you're working with when mm-hmm. you're doing lighting because I'm a shooter myself and I will I have certain tendencies when I'm starting to do lighting and mm-hmm. when I work for you if I work for other people I try to push all of my tendencies in the background at least in the initial i know that if we're in a bind then a lot of my tricks will come out but in the initial i try to push all that behind Mm -hmm. um, and then try to get what it is that you thinking what you need because at the end of the day lighting is a huge part of the the style of the photograph
1: and you had renee with you and he was awesome yeah the team was great slash dog yeah. I see his on Instagram. Well, they, they were really it's a cool. Good
0: handle. Really cool dudes. Like, I, I hadn't worked with those guys and they showed up and they were super pro. Oh, yeah. And they were oh, on yeah. point. But we, unfortunately, we had this vision of lighting it very sort of cinematic. And yes. that takes time.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: It takes a lot of fucking time to do. And I remember w- whenever someone says that they have a wide shot, whenever there's a wide shot involved, I'm just like,
1: so me, every shot? Fuck, fuck off. <laughs>
0: And I remember going through the process of trying to, because we had to do everything with strobes because we weren't going to get a generator. We weren't going to be able to do constant light yep. to be able to get this stuff. And I remember we were going through and designing this stuff with strobes and you and I had come up with an original idea and this is what we were thinking mm-hmm. and I had planned for the equipment for that. And then on the day, because they changed up how, it was less posy for some of it and it was more mm-hmm. motion-based yep. for some of it it started to really fuck with the system that we had created because then you had to shoot at a higher shutter speed. Oh, yeah. And that was a fucking thing. And if you're shooting a campaign, you're trying to keep your ISO pretty low Mm -hmm. so that the grain management is fine. Um, So you and I, like, it was a a bunch of fucking struggle on, like, how do I get the light output? And then it's just the time of day. Mm -hmm. And the big issue that I had for the shoot since the beginning was the schedule. The schedule is just astro-fucking-nomical.
1: Yeah, because we, we originally thought we had 14 hours, so I, I put together this very detailed shot list for the 12 setups. And, yeah. And even, even at the 14-hour mark, I was like, mm, hmm. <laughs> and I was like, Jen. Huh? Yeah,
0: this probably is not going to work. Yeah,
1: and then she she breaks it out that we actually only have 10 hours <laughs> yeah. with the models, so we <laughs> we had to break those 12 shots. Up and down in, 12, in 10 hours total.
0: Right. And so then you're dealing with sun. And you're oh, dealing God. With and that was the other thing. The sun, the sun is the sun. so
1: short. We, usually I'm on top of that, but, but I mean, it was a couple weeks out that we realized how short and how little time the sun was going to be out at this time of year.
0: So then you're just, you're desperately trying to manipulate and fix these yeah. things. And shadows, chase, chasing the Shadow play
1: was big, and we had to location scout a couple times just to get the time of days correct for the shots.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a fucking thrash. It was. It, it was, was a real thrash to get through it. But I thought the stuff that we came up with was really cool. And yeah. I thought that um, actually, a lot of the stuff, just pure daylight stuff, was really mm-hmm.
1: nice. Mm-hmm. You know, like the shot of them on the stairs with mm-hmm. all uh, the leaves and the shadows. Yeah, yep,
0: that was really cool. And uh, the pool stuff is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: even the shot that we only had five minutes to shoot of the two girls by the pool, which is just straight sun in their face. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a good one too. So you, what ends up happening, I guess my point is, is that what ends up happening is you come up with a solid plan, but oh. there, as soon as anything in that system. Oh yeah,
1: you can spend, we spent how much, I probably spent the, almost a year on the project, but at least three solid months planning it and planning you, it you cannot prepare yourself for the unpreparable
0: And so what you try to do is you try to just be on your toes. Yes. And you have to be cognizant and you have to be aware.
1: Yep. And you have to make sure everybody that's on set knows exactly what they're doing days ahead of time, especially when you only have, sometimes hair, makeup, and wardrobe would only have five minutes to change the talent.
0: Yep. Yep. And then I also knew that you would be doing some Photoshop heavy stuff. Oh, yeah. So half the time I was like, just start shooting. And then I would literally be running around and bringing in a backlight and then let you know later, like 15 shots in is when the lights were right.
1: Yep. And and luckily we had Jason on DIT. Who's who had, was managing them. Was doing a really good job with live preview and yeah. making sure the files were safe. DIT is the most underrated job, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah? You are literally <laughs> the keeper of the photos. You are the reason that the job could be over. Right. I feel like in their
0: kit is a handgun.
1: Yeah, just in case things go wrong. Just they can <laughs> murder everyone else and then themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. No witnesses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um... So, all right, so then we we go and uh, we do this sort of epic shoot day.
1: Now, I have to say
0: that, surprisingly, the clients were really fun on set.
1: Oh, my God. They were amazing. And they were also so prepared for what was going to happen that, on top of, you have the same love that I do of, like, creating the experience and the world while you're on set. So, it doesn't just feel like a tedious photo shoot. It's like you're in the world. Yeah. That's also the fun thing about having constant lighting is that you're actually in the photo world. But different story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we make it fun. Uh we had great catering. We I'm very much a stickler for snacks, so our assistant the day before, I like gave him an exclusive list of things that we needed to have on set. Half for me and half because I knew everyone else likes good stuff that I like.
0: Yeah, of course. Of <laughs> course. It's part of that experience that you create. Though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's all about that. It's about having a good time, making everyone feel comfortable. The CEO of the company flew out for the shoot, so I made sure to have him by my side and, you know, giving his input and he was great. And he had really good ideas, actually. Like there was a time where you and I were stumped and he's like, why don't we do this? And I was like, hell yeah, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) great idea. Sometimes that clients do not work out that way, but they were very hands off yet super helpful.
0: I always find it interesting to go on to sets. And I've said this before on the show. I find it interesting to go on to sets where I'm not the guy in charge, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Uh, On your stuff, when I'm working for you, I'm usually pretty busy because I'm taking a pretty heavy workload as far as the lighting goes Mm -hmm. and all that. But uh, it's still really nice to be able to observe from the outside. Mm -hmm. And when you're not introduced to clients and you're not introduced to people as a creative or as someone that's important, and you're just sort of a crew person, you get to sort of sneak around Mm -hmm. and you get to see how real interactions work, how people are talking, what is actually being said. Yep. And I've always said this about my film shoots. I'll talk to my mom or I'll talk to people that have been on the set. And there are fucking stories that happen behind the oh scenes. Oh, the best. That are absolutely <laughs> insane. And I know that you've been witness to that stuff being on my shoots. Yep. Um, but with your shoot, it was an interesting thing. It was, like, very romantic to the point where you're showing up. Uh, you're going to this mansion at the top of this hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we climb up to this mansion. This is at the peak of the fires in California, yeah. by the way. Which and it was, was the most
1: beautiful day out. Oh, uh, perfect temperature.
0: Gorgeous. And you go to the spot and you're like, this is, I feel like I've climbed through this fence up these stairs and I've entered some heaven, version of Italy. If you
1: believe in heaven. I meant Italy. <laughs> yeah, Italy. If sure. you believe in Italy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so then
0: you go to the spot and in the beginning of a shoot, it's always fascinating because people are just loading in. Mm-hmm. And especially when you, Normally, if you do like a multiple day shoot, people find their groove and they start to get into their stuff. But when it's only a one day shoot, it's, it's almost this panic to, to break the ice. Mm -hmm. It's like that initial, everybody's got to meet each other. Hey, how you doing? And usually you're shaking hands as you're carrying C stands, you're shaking hands as someone's like carrying in furniture and you're introducing yourself to all these folks that you're about to go to war with, Oh yeah,
1: you know,
0: (laughs) which is cool. And then. You show up to the shoot, and you, you try to schedule it so that the clients come a little later. So that way, a lot of the awkward hellos and questions don't happen in front of the clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I like to make sure that I've hung out with everybody, or at least they feel like, or we have become friends.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so then you go through the hustle, and it usually takes about an hour, probably two, especially with that, with the hair and makeup, before you oh, even yeah. start to shoot. Oh, it.
1: yeah. And lighting.
0: And lighting, Yeah, yeah. So... It takes about that time. You get your hustle, you get your groove on, and you understand um, what the schedule is. And mm-hmm. it, here's something that's interesting too: if you're a, and I'm very spoiled because I'm a director myself, so I understand the level of stress that's involved. So when I'm working, I understand timing, I understand all that stuff because yes. I've been in that other position. And the,
1: the best thing you can do as somebody who isn't the photographer on set is not bring, not bring unnecessary knowledge to the photographers right keep it forefront yeah unless it's something they need to deal with filter i always learned you don't tell the photographer (laughs) and they're already dealing with everything else (laughs) you go talk to the producer exactly that's
0: basically what you do um and then if you're someone that's starting on a set just be cognizant look around look at the stress level look at who's trying to get stuff done and Mm -hmm. if you if you're aware of what's happening and you're aware of who needs help when they Mm -hmm. need help especially if you're a pa yes um you will rise the fucking ranks oh, really yeah. quickly. Oh yeah, really quickly. If you're fixing problems before problems are even 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 heard of,
1: but you have to be friendly too.
0: Exactly yeah, exactly. Um, but that's when I say fix your problems, that's as simple as going like, oh, the coffee cups aren't set up. yep, and this needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It's taking that initiative and becoming a well like a well-oiled part of that machine. That is very important, I think.
1: We had a good assistant, maybe so good that I never got his name. You're right. He was the little guy. He wasn't little, but, you know. I mean, I I actually don't remember if he was that little. He was very nice. He was a very nice little man.
0: There you go. Straight from the words of the person in charge.
1: (laughs) straight from the words of the person in charge
0: i've been on sets he was the the guy he was
1: running up and down those stairs so many times and he was such a stress ball all day that i don't think we ever got to talk (laughs) on the day of
0: (laughs) they were all good dudes oh my gosh
1: everyone um, i'm not even just saying that to say that it was really an amazing well the thing i
0: the thing i found interesting and, and it's not just because you and i are a couple not because i respect you anyways uh I barely respect you most of the time. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but it was really cool to watch uh, you take control of the set. And it, like, there was a moment where people show up and it sort of is the same old thing people bringing in makeup bags and setting that stuff up. But as soon as you come in and as soon as you take command and lead of the shoot, it becomes a very specific genomanic shoot, which is a lot of fun. Like, I think most of the time, I'm not even say most of the time. I think all the time that I'm on your sets, every time that I've been there, it becomes a Gina Manning shoot, which is like strongly creative, mm-hmm. um, very feminine, but completely in control and in command of what's happening, which is really cool. And then there's something really great about the jokes. And the humor <laughs> and the and like the like the the really fun stuff that happens.
1: I lost my shoes halfway through the day. That was fun. And then the CEO found them for me. At the company. I was like, you should just exchange those with some Bruno Mollys, <laughs>
0: <laughs> But I mean, I think the core thing that you do really well is that people are laughing on the shoots. People are having fun on the shoots. Oh yeah, you
1: have to be comfortable because it's it's. Although we're making art, it's a bitch load of work. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it hard is. labor. And uh, I don't know you. Don't you want to? If you could change your nine to five into a really fun environment, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, I guess for people that aren't in the industry, I just want to create an environment that's fun and you're hanging out, but you're still completely efficient.
0: Mm-hmm. And which has been, which was very evident on this shoot because we fucking accomplished every oh, shot on that list insane. against all odds. Mm-hmm. I actually, got everything that they needed,
1: and then we got those. 60 polaroids on top of our original Of course
0: because to make things fucking difficult you're like i'm also going to shoot polaroids at the
1: same time (laughs) and then we also had greg as the video guy who had to shoot the corresponding video for the campaign while i was taking the photos and the big problem that he had and him and i would talk about it was that i'm shooting with strobes not
0: constant light. Yeah. And so he has to do video with that.
1: Yeah. And to the setups were indoors at night at so, night. So yeah. I,
0: I, I worked with him a little bit and was able to set up some of the constant light, but I'm also stretched super fucking thin. Yeah.
1: And we couldn't have asked for a, a better person to be in and out with a, a, a video camera. Cause he was such a kind soul. But
0: also here's
1: something that I love
0: about LA film crews. Yeah. Is that there are people on these film crews that come with their own story come Mm -hmm. with their own backstory that you have no fucking clue about Mm -hmm. and this guy we had hung out with all day oh my
1: god yes and
0: i was talking with my gaffer or my Mm -hmm. lighting tech and uh he just comes over to me and he goes do you know who greg is and i was like yeah he's the dude doing video (laughs) he's the guy shooting the video the behind the scenes video and he's like no dude he was a and is I think he still is yeah like a big time famous surfer
1: surfer yeah he was like the godfather I think of something I'm not a up and coming in the surfing world but <laughs> well, now a, that we're friends I view his profile and see he is quite proficient in the sport. <laughs> <laughs> that says someone that has no idea what. Surfing. I'm not a sports person. Is I don't even know how many innings there are in football. <laughs> but the dude's a pretty big deal, and
0: I love oh, the phenomenal. Fact, I love the fact that he was humble enough. Ugh. And he was just so involved with the job.
1: Oh, I can't. He was so nice.
0: And I wouldn't have known. He, no. he didn't tell me. that yeah. He just happened to be a fanboy that worked on the crew that knew who he was. There
1: is nothing better than someone who's really good at something and doesn't feel the need to tell you about it. Ex-
0: exactly. Especially in
1: our business. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he took, f- his video was far above and beyond what I thought would be capable with his restraints. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was great.
0: He did a really good job. Yeah. He's a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. I got to try to get him on the show actually you really should i should he get him
1: does on. crazy stuff he does all those amazing sports video for uh body glove and stuff
0: oh right he does the body glove yeah shit. so
1: he travels the world yeah 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 he's a cool dude i like him we also had uh gotta talk about robert and mia and some of the clients they were oh so good we actually became friends <laughs> Throughout that day, by the end of the day, I was like hugging them. I'm like, "Sorry, I smell." <laughs> like my armpit smells so bad. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, Gina." And I'm like, "No, I'm not joking. I really smell. <laughs> Don't hug me." <laughs> yeah, it seemed like you had a really good time with the clients. Oh, I really? Did. I really did. I mean, we had a year to bond, which is my favorite thing to do with clients. I mean, I'd say by the end of any shoot I do, I'm friends with them because I'm the kind of person that will hug you as soon as I meet you, and yeah, I'll be very open and know the boundaries of the shoot and then kind of pass them. But for the good of the comfort of making clients and the agency and everyone feel good. Cause I don't believe in awkwardness cause I'm an awkward person. <laughs> like let everyone feel good being awkward. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. So then, uh, we, uh, did the shoot it was really fun on location. Uh, you and I were out there for two weeks, which was mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, yep. here's, here's the benefit. I mean, the cool thing about you and I being in a relationship together mm-hmm. Uh, and if the listeners don't know, Gina and
1: I—we date, we're an item. <sighs> yeah, we bang
0: into each other. Oh my time.
1: god, no! <laughs> so, Good thing Grandma doesn't know what a podcast <laughs> is or how to listen to one. <laughs> Never in my life have I ever heard. <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah, no, we've been together for a while. Gina was the Gina's the girl that tried to murder me on the ice. Oh,
1: it's this is our eighth year. Is it? Is mm-hmm. it eight? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. All right. I don't know, I just like to count things to realize how long I've been alive, so uh, yeah okay <laughs> um but one of the cool things about okay,
0: being in a relationship uh, other than the fact that that person is completely comfortable with you and c- call you on your shit mm-hmm. um, but being in a creative relationship is great because we both have an understanding of how the business works. We mm-hmm. both have an understanding of of the ups and downs and and how intense emotionally intense these things oh, can my be man. yeah. Um, but we, uh, one thing I love about what we do is that we will work together. Mm -hmm. Um, we figured out pretty early on that we don't necessarily collaborate. We
1: can't share the top step, but yeah you can be as many steps above or below me and I could be as many steps above or below you and we'll, we'll work perfectly fine. <laughs>
0: exactly. I think it's cause we're two alphas.
1: Oh my God. That's definitely what it is. <laughs> yeah. But at the same token, like
0: I love the fact that you're totally willing to just work on my jobs and do it. Yeah. I'll do, do anything. Yeah. And I'll do the same for you. And it's, for me, I have this admiration for your work and, and I've seen you grow since I met you. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the, the rate that you've, Expanded. I mean, Jesus Christ, this print campaign is in like Vogue and this is in like all sorts of different magazines. So it's fucking huge. So the 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 rate of growth that you've done has been huge. And it, we first met on a photo shoot. So I was asked to shoot um, uh, promo photos for like a, night a, nightlife scene, a nightlife scene. Yeah. From a fanboy, which was funny.
1: And I was just a nightlife photographer at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: then you. And then he brought an assistant. I already had assistants. Yeah, and he yeah. Was like, you had
1: an assistant, and then some. He had asked two other people in front of me to be the assistant's assistant, and they were like, "Fuck no!" I was like, "Oh uh, hell yes!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then you showed up, and you were like this ball of hair, a little craziness.
1: Yeah, that's when I had holes in my tights and I had to have every outfit be a rainbow (laughs) of some sort. And I didn't wear makeup, which is fine. You know, I don't think anyone should wear makeup. It's like if
0: someone could take Punky Brewster and make her into a Muppet. That was pretty much...
1: (laughs) I prefer my usual ones, which are Daria and Velma.
0: (laughs) So uh, you showed up on set and I remember you being incredibly fascinated with the stuff that i was doing and i was i was bringing my b game that day i was just kind of
1: oh yeah you were definitely phoning it in yeah you you gave me one of the the speed lights and you're like how do you use this and i'm like it's okay i'm not letting this ruin this for me he's still a very talented guy
0: (laughs) (laughs) so we were friends for uh about a year right we were friends for a while before we even thought about Uh, being in a relationship two years two years yeah i'm so good with keeping track of time
1: Mm -hmm. it was the head injury that we was our first week of actual dating
0: that's right i said yes and you said cool and then murder me that Mm -hmm. was the thing let's go ice yeah yeah
1: yeah. i asked you to date me which is that's right never forget that that's right so i I can also end it (laughs) yes that's how that
0: works. Yeah, no, never forget, you're uh, right.
1: <laughs> I almost did end it, and I can end it again, Yeah. yeah your life. <laughs> yeah, I got
0: it, I got it. So um, so then we started dating, uh, and we would work together, but it was, it, I, I was always concerned about dating someone in the business, and I don't know where I had heard this, but I was like, it's going to be a problem, the competition's going to suck, it's just going to be a fucking thing. And I had done a bunch of dating before outside of the business. But you'd only been with one girl, which still... Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was only one other girl before Uh Yes. Uh
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) But, you know, imagine if there were more than that. And, you know, I like the idea of dating somebody on the outside was always interesting because it was like, okay, maybe I'll be with someone that is grounded. Maybe I'll be with somebody um, who has a nine to five job. You can rely on that sort of thing. But it was always really tough because... At the end of the day, no matter how much those people sort of admired what it is that you did, they'd still have to hit all these roadblocks, which was like...
1: And the the thing is like, you are so driven on what you're doing at the end of the day. like, You have to be with someone who's okay with you wanting to do your own shit and putting that ahead of everything else, like canceling a date because you need to get some work done or stuff like that. And I feel like you really need, and no matter how many years I almost feel like you really need someone else who at least does something like you yeah. because there are going to be times that hurt your feelings that you can't hang out with that person.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what, more importantly is someone that is just as passionate about something as you are. Yeah. But you can be passionate about anything. Yeah. You could be passionate about fucking cooking. You could be passionate about anything. It, it's just that passion that needs to be on yeah. both ends of it. Oh, because yeah. then if the passion isn't there for one or the other, then there's the jealousy. You gotta,
1: yes. And, and you can that, thrive thing. off of each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we accidentally figured that out, I mm-hmm. think, which was kind of cool. Yeah,
1: because you were like, nope, I'm not <laughs> dating somebody in the industry. We're never going to date. is what you told me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm wrong all the time.
0: It's That's surprising true. that I'm in a Sometimes
1: po- I feel like I'm on this earth to to remind you of that. <laughs> it's surprising that I'm on a podcast telling people what to do with their lives.
0: <laughs> most of the time I'm fucking wrong.
1: Oh, I love you. No, you're right.
0: Um, but, but you're uh, wrong. my point with this whole thing is that it's it's a uh, crucial for us. You know, it's crucial that you and I both understand and have admiration for each other's mm-hmm. work because we pack up and we go wherever we need to go. Mm-hmm which is like kind of an important thing. Um, and, you know, it changes a lot of priorities for us. Like our priorities at this point are to be happy together. Our priorities are... To
1: continue to grow in our careers, exactly. and our, which are our dreams, which is a really nice combination.
0: Exactly. And I love being a part of your dream. Like it's really kind of great. Like it's nice to be on the sets. It's nice to be involved. It's nice to be a part of that shoot.
1: I feel the same
0: way. So it's like, it's fun. It's, a, it's actually a really fun, fun thing. So, and you know what, when you see, if you see any of stuff that we post and we talk about stuff, that's all the real shit. There's a lot of people out there that post like false, like everything's happy and everything's so good oh, yeah. and my life yeah. is great. But for us, it's, it's just that we're just oh, yeah. basically.
1: I you know. post something when I feel it and because it's real, not for any other reason and not for anybody to see it besides you. I want you to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, know.
0: I know. I know. I hear you. Um, but I don't know, I got off on this tangent, but I thought, I, I've had a couple of uh, listeners ask, you know, what is, what is it like, and how do you have these relationships?
1: It's definitely the first, if you're going to be with somebody creative and you're also creative, figure out your boundaries. Because you're a creative, so you're kind of crazy, and you need to figure out what your boundaries are. And mm. then grow from there, instead of growing in the wrong way for so long that you have to recalibrate down the line.
0: And communication is the huge, is, is the biggest aspect. Of oh it. Yeah. Like you have to communicate Mm -hmm. because every day something comes in Oh yeah, everything. And when you're dealing with emotions and you're dealing with uh, our business is so tough because it is dream based. Mm -hmm. And so that can be used against us. So I feel like sometimes a client or sometimes someone will come to you and go, this is the experience of a lifetime. This is what it's going to take for you. And if you're younger in it, you sort of take these and go, this is my chance. This is my fucking shot. I got to do this. So you're putting all that emotional weight on decisions. Mm-hmm. You're putting that emotional weight on like uh, I got to get this job, uh, so I'll charge less. Or you're you're actually making business decisions based upon emotion. And if if you don't get it, or if it falls apart, or if you end up screwed over, that lands on you like a fucking ton of bricks, and it becomes like this really hard
1: thing. And I think it's good that we're together because I'll either tell you that I'm feeling that way or you'll tell me that you're feeling that way and we'll be the voice of reason for each other <laughs> and understand. Like, Did you get the job yet? No. Okay, then don't get too excited. Or sometimes with you, you have something and I'm like, "You need to get excited." <laughs> you're like, "It's not, but it still might not happen." And I'm like, "Yes, but if then if it doesn't, you won't ever be happy. <laughs> so be happy now." <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true. We kind of balance each other. <laughs> um so yeah, so it was fun, and I bring this up because because of your shoot, we got to go and travel to L.A. We got to go be there for eleven days, and there's something nice about you being my sugar mama on that one. Yeah, where, like, that you, was nice. You're like, hey, I got the spot. I, was I got like this baby place.
1: boy. Where you want to go tonight? <laughs> <laughs>
0: And so I got to go out to Los Angeles and stay for free and actually fill the rest of my time there because I only really was needed by you for one or two days. Yeah, a couple days. So the rest of my time out there, I got to go do pitches. I got to go... But you were imperative,
1: like, having somebody there. I'd say if you're traveling remotely, have somebody with you because you're going to go nuts and you're going to need to talk to someone. (laughs) At least have someone you could phone.
0: Yeah. I mean, traveling alone for work can be... Kind of lonely. I just did it last week with uh, for, to Seattle.
1: I still think it's lonelier for the person who stays home and has to continue the mundane life while the other person's having fun and probably is not even thinking about you.
0: Yeah, and by having fun, you mean sweating their balls off, yeah. carrying gear around, and going back to a hotel room and having an asthma attack? Yeah.
1: I, was, I was editing in the house all day. Some days went by, and I didn't even change my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking trash girl. We were girl. gone for like two days. My whole <laughs> life fell apart. No, I'm just joking. I was fine. <laughs> Fucking trash. Uh, so, okay. So,
0: back to the... Back to the narrative of this photo shoot, mm-hmm. which I think is fascinating. So we go, we do the shoot, you mm-hmm. get those images, you put them all down, and then we go into post-production on oh, this, right? Oh, yeah. And post-production was pretty fucking big,
1: right? Yeah. Well, we. so basically you send the client the photos, they make their selects, and we had a pretty quick turnaround. I think it was within one week. All twelve photos and forty Polaroids needed to be delivered, which the Polaroids were slightly easier because I just had to scan them in but uh for the post on the twelve final digital photos, we did not have the time on set to be super particular about wardrobe and um, wrinkles because she was too busy prepping the next talent for the shoot and uh, right yeah there, were, there was a lot of wrinkly clothes. <laughs> That we had to de-wrinkle. Oh my god! <laughs> and I had you on board for for uh, retouching. Some yeah, yeah, retouching,
0: retouching. I've uh, been doing retouching since I started as a photographer. Since uh, Photoshop won, right? Since yeah, since since they chiseled Photoshop out of a rock, <laughs> yes.
1: just after the wheel.
0: Yes, That's fucking jerk. <laughs> uh, so, but that was a fucking crazy, crazy post. Every job, like we had to rebuild pants. We had to rebuild. Yeah.
1: I ra- fabrics. That was when I decided I was going to turn my Instagram stories into 100% real posts. <laughs> it was like another day in my attic, another cup of coffee, same sweatshirt, have not showered in days. <laughs> hour 25 on the computer. <laughs> it was insane. What that a was
0: fun. That was a crazy thing. And and you know what? This comes down to if you, I'm going to say this to any creatives or clients that are listening to the show, uh, whenever you try to save money, whenever you try to save money <laughs> in the front end, yeah,
1: the, the shoot day,
0: the back end sucks twice as hard.
1: Oh, and it, it was difficult. It
0: really comes down to like uh, the shoot day, and the lessons learned. I think from this job is that you potentially have to be a bit more assertive mm-hmm. about how much can get done in a day. Because even though we accomplished it, we shot the photos for all those things, and we got images in the can based upon that fucking insane schedule, yep. uh, the photos aren't at their fullest. And if you're a photographer planning these things— They are at their fullest. Well, they are. I mean, they are now after the Oh, yeah, yeah. After Yeah, there the was like
1: a LaCroix can yeah. here and there that I'd have to— Cut remove. out because we changed the position last second. <laughs> right.
0: You know, and and the wardrobe team was fantastic on this, but oh, they're, yeah. they're they're way too overworked.
1: Oh, for sure. And, and it was not at all a showing of her talent, but just she literally had no time to be on set and watch yeah. if there were wrinkles.
0: So no no no, no dogging on any oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you're sitting there, even if you're a photographer now, you have to have the the balls to say to your client when they ask for so much stuff, for not enough fucking yep. money and not enough time... You need to say to them, like, "Look, here's the deal. Here's what I can do in this period of time at the level of quality that you're expecting." Mm-hmm. Because a lo- sometimes, and these clients weren't this way, but no. there are other clients that we've dealt with, oh, yeah. where they expect you to take a shot, and that shot is perfect, and that that like what comes out of camera is what it's supposed to be. And for that to be the case, you have to slow down dramatically on how much you shoot and then everybody's crowded around monitors on set mm-hmm. stylists clients uh props people yeah. and everybody's examining every inch of that photograph as you shoot those photos yeah and so they're going in and they're tweaking and they're turning and doing this stuff not to mention just the technical aspect of how long it takes a photograph to download from the camera to the laptop. To capture one. To capture one, to be previewed at that point. So you could be sitting there shooting like a motherfucker. Oh,
1: that was the worst.
0: And then we have to sit there and wait for that buffer time. And that buffer time could be three, four minutes. And then after every shoot, you start to tally up that three, four minutes. That becomes a half hour. That becomes 45 minutes. That becomes a whole setup. Yeah. So there hits a point where you can't even, because of the schedule, you can't even pause to do that because you're gonna lose a shot. So that's where these things start to fall apart as you get into post-production. And then once you're in post-production, one of the things, knowing that we were kind of hosed, I kept telling you, shoot background, shoot plates, shoot these elements, because I know we're gonna to have to reconstruct those different things as we were on the set, right? Okay. So like the process of that afterwards in post-production was us just going through and cleaning up these elements and cleaning up all this stuff that was definitely yeah, all, the... all
1: post requires a lot of cleanup. But our problem was, we could we put. I don't know. Maybe sometimes we only had five minutes for a shot. Yep. Sometimes twenty minutes. The sun would and change. And these were shots. Sometimes there was five, six. Ta- one of the shots had six talent in it, and we were also fighting the setting sun yep. for the dinner shot. So it's like there was no time.
0: So then you end up in post.
1: Yeah, we were we were in post a hundred percent, and and with such a. a a deadline you need multiple people on it and you're luckily you're you're very good at retouching so well you you're fantastic
0: on. at doing the, at the beauty retouching like you're amazing at like beauty face and coloring player. but yeah
1: especially because i had to set the looks and send them to client and be client facing you were amazing at at uh de-wrinkling
0: <laughs> i learned it on the floor thank god for youtube tutorials. oh my gosh
1: that's how you learn everything
0: thank god for youtube tutorials um but it's an interesting thing And I guess my point is, and the reason why I go down this road is because I'm trying to give you the real I kind of lost track
1: on what you were saying.
0: It's the the real version of what happens on these photo shoots. And this is a great photo shoot. The clients were fantastic, and the images came out fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and
1: everyone was really happy about it. That's that's kind of the best-case scenario, minus the work we did in the post. (laughs)
0: But you have to understand. So I just don't want to set a precedent here. I don't want people to listen to the show and go, oh my God, they shot all those images in one day. I know that they can do it that way. I know that that can be done that way because there's a lot of people that hire photographers that listen to the show. There's a lot of creatives that do that.
1: Well, it also depends on who you're working with and and what they're used to and how you prep. It's not just a bunch of people come on to set and make a deadline. It's if you want something to take the least amount of time, then you have to spend the most amount of time before. And then because it's such a short time during, you're also going to spend... A shit ton of time in, in post, Post. right?
0: <laughs> and you're getting those elements to do that post cleanup, and post is actually more expensive than set time.
1: Yes, post is. is post is, is
0: like it's a hundred dollars an hour for a retoucher.
1: Yep. It depends it, on the retoucher, but yeah. I would say that should be at least industry standard minimum.
0: Yeah. So like, and and for some images, like I've in my past, I've done retouching on my own photographs. That that single image took me a good fucking ten hours to retouch. Yeah. So you do the math on that. That's a thousand bucks just in retouching on that one fucking image. So when you start to process this stuff and and if you're putting together a shoot and you're trying to cheap out on the production, how much more would it have cost for the production? Was it $3,000 to go an extra couple of hours and go into overtime? Or is it $15,000 in the post end of things? And then as a photographer, it's very important that you keep that in mind and that you alert the clients to that because what will happen is the clients will have to pay in the post for those things, but then they'll get irritated with you and you'll get blacklisted and you won't be a photographer because you went far over budget. So you really should keep these things in mind. But like I said, this shoot went fantastic. Uh, The work that we did in post actually made the images uh, shine even better, I think, than what was shot on set. Do you agree? I agree. Completely.
1: Completely.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So then we go through post, we deliver these images. Did they have any idea of where they were going to be published before they started?
1: Uh, I think most campaigns have their roster of uh, distributors for editorial publication, but they were kind of figuring it out with layouts, I think. And then it was only once they send you layouts that they send you the entire media packet.
0: That's interesting, too, because you take these photographs, but then it goes to their their uh, graphic design department, Robert, and then yeah. they actually do the layouts for this stuff, which mm-hmm. is super cool. I which remember, is also
1: exciting, because you get to see the way they interpret it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing his layouts going, oh, those were pretty pretty rad. I thought it was cool the way he put it together with yeah. the Polaroids. and
1: Yeah, like it was like a collage on a table that was just spread out.
0: Yeah, he did a pretty good job with that. I thought it was really cool. And then, uh, so then they take that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's out of your hands, right? So you deliver these images, and so uh, you went through the process of just licensing a certain amount of images, so they got those images.
1: Yes, yeah, I do licensing packages, which makes it more affordable. If you know how much money you have, you know how many photos you could buy. (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. And then they can always come back to you later. Exactly. Mm Yeah, which is always a great thing. Um, and then, uh, this stuff got, uh, published. So where is it running right now? Where can people see this stuff?
1: Uh, right now it is in the February issue, which is a quarterly magazine of Luomo Vogue, which is the men's Italian Vogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the March issues of L, Harper's Bazaar, Town and Country. <laughs> Town and Country. <laughs> Rob Report. <laughs> Can I get a hey <laughs> Um And then it's also in T Magazine, which is New York, uh, the New York Times Fashion oh, Magazine. that's cool. Yeah, and then it's in one more. Let's pause while I think about it. Yeah, that's fine.
0: I mean, at this point, do you are you still impressed when you see your stuff printed in magazines? Oh, Essential
1: Home. But I'm probably saying that wrong. Even though I'm a fashion person, I definitely should not. So Maybe we should take that part out.
0: (laughs) That's fine. Leave it (laughs) at me. So are you still impressed when you see your shit printed in magazines?
1: Oh, my God. That is like, I feel like if you're doing something, you have to have some weird obsession with something that someone else wouldn't understand. Like I was hanging out with a 21-year-old last night, a couple nights ago, and she's like, I just don't understand how there are like fashion magazine stores, even though she was a sweetheart and also didn't sound like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that was the connotation of the way she was saying it in my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think print media is the most amazing thing that a photographer, the most amazing way that I could see my photos is in a magazine with a bunch of other amazing photographers.
0: That's right, because you're kind of in like a lineup. You're in a gallery at that point. Yeah. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. And it's really hard to get printed these days.
1: It is. And if you're working directly for the magazine Unless you're famous, you're not getting paid shit. And even if you are famous, you're probably not getting paid too much. Unless you're like Andy Leibowitz, but campaigns are the are the way to do it. That's great because you made to some... to maintain some. You made some cash decent, flow. yeah.
0: You made some decent money on this. You were able to do some really good art. Yeah, this was like a win-win all the way around.
1: It really was such a, a great experience. And you got I'm got probably a good, using amazing too much, but I mean it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Now you got a good relationship with a lot of crew. You got a mm-hmm. good relationship with a producer right now. You've got all these folks. That you can continue to work with. Yep. That's why I was proud of you on this gig. Oh, I thought Oh, like
1: You're always proud of me, and I'm always proud of you.
0: <coughs> right now, I'm incredibly proud of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was a, a good gig for you. It was very, very, yeah. very cool.
1: I'm, I'm I'm, happy with it. It's a good way to, to come into the new year. You always kind of hope that you have something good to ride into the, the first couple of months of a new year. <laughs> so what did
0: you... Okay, so for any of the young photographers out there that are looking... Uh, They can find this stuff uh, on your Instagram.
1: Uh, Yeah, Gina underscore Gisella G-I-Z-E-L-L-A. Weird hunger. (laughs) G-I-N-A.
0: Strange little Eastern European name. Uh, So they can find you on Instagram. Have you put the stuff up on your website yet? It's
1: on my website, yes. It's GinaManning.com. Okay. And then we'll also link the crew in the stuff.
0: Yeah, sure. I'll I'll, I'll oh. do all that work for you. Should we?
1: Yeah, I yeah. want to. Yeah, all right. I guess it's up to you. So if, if they're not there, it's because he doesn't want them there. <laughs> okay, yeah, right.
0: And then we'll do that. And um, so, yeah, definitely check out the images. They came out really cool. And I hope that as we talked through this, and I thought that's why this would be a cool episode, if you look at those images, uh, you can then see how we kind of put that stuff together logistically, how Gina... Uh, came up with the ideas and the whole pitch process. Cause these are one of those images that if you get a magazine, it's essentially an advertisement. And so
1: it's an ad campaign.
0: So when you're flipping through a magazine, hopefully it catches your eye, but a lot of people don't think about how these things are made. Um, And I think it could be interesting to listen to the show. That's why I had you on the show. I think it'd be interesting to listen to the show, how something like this was made and then maybe have a greater appreciation for it. And if you're somebody that is, like like we were five years ago, somebody mm-hmm. that is hoping to be someone that shoots campaigns and to get into that position.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it breaks the glass ceiling of not understanding how to get there and see if it's doable, <laughs> anyone could do it.
0: So that being said, is there a lesson that you learned from the shoot that you're going to carry on into the next one? Is there something that you would pass on to a listener?
1: Oh, man, one single le- Yeah, sure, yes. It would be if I had one thing to say... Getting a campaign and doing anything in your career is completely dependent on you continuously building your portfolio. That's the most important thing you could do. Because Jen found me because of my website, and my website exists because even when I'm not working, I'm creating content continuously, and it's always evolving, and I'm figuring out my style, and people are going to want you because your stuff, one of their things was we want to make something that looks different and distinctly like Bruno Mali. So... I think that would be my lesson is continue to make your own shit <laughs> and everything else will follow if you keep doing it and don't ever give up.
0: So I hope you guys had as much fun listening to this show as we did putting it together. Uh, and like I promised from the beginning, uh, we try to give an inside look into how this stuff is actually done like the real stuff not glamorized Um, but the truth is we have a lot of fun doing it and i've had a lot of fun working with gina on her shoots i feel like the luckiest dude in the world to be able to collaborate with her uh, and to watch her grow which is insane like like i said originally her the speed at which she is developing as a photographer is crazy Um, and i look forward to being on her shoots in the future I joke around. It's like ah, if I don't make it as a director, I'll just be that fat guy in your set eating craft services. <laughs> I'm halfway there. <laughs> so please continue to support the show. Uh, you can follow in love with the process pod on Instagram. That is the best place to get in touch with me. If you have suggestions for episodes, if you have questions about episodes that we've already recorded, if there are things that you want to hear me talk about, um, please reach out there. You can send me a note. Um, That's also a great place to steal graphics from the show and then repost them. Because if you're a listener, you should be bragging to all your friends that you listen to the show, that you're one of the first to listen to the show before it blows the fuck up. (laughs) Because I'm pushing for it to get big, guys. Um, And if you want to support the show, you can go to InLoveWithTheProcess.com. There is a donation button there. Uh, $5 donation, uh, goes towards the production of this program. That way it doesn't have to come out of my food money. Um, but you, if you can't reach into your wallet right now, because you work in the same business I do, you don't have extra cash and you haven't already signed up for Audible, do that. You can sign up for audibletrial.com backslash in love with the process. There you'll get a 30 day free trial, a free audiobook, And then everybody that signs up, we get a little bit of cash. Um, And if you like it, stick around, do the whole thing, continue to pay for it. It's a good service. If you don't, cancel it after 30 days and we still get paid. So it's the best way to donate to the show. Um, Also, head on over and check out Gina's work. Like I said, ginamanning.com. She's also on Instagram. It's Gina Gisela. I'll try to put some links below. Uh, And you can see all of the new really rad photos that came out for this campaign. And there's a lot of them. Uh, between the actual shot she took and the Polaroids that she took um, and the stuff is really cool really beautiful stuff uh, so definitely go check that out and uh, I've just been cranking out episodes guys I've been hard at work putting them together I have a bunch of really good ones coming out uh, let's see what can I plug that's coming out I actually sat down with uh, Jeremy Benning who is the cinematographer for that show The Expanse which I think started on sci fi and now is on Amazon. Uh, that's a really good episode, guys. We actually talk about uh, what it's like to be a, a cinematographer on a long running TV show. I mean, this guy's fucking shot over 38 episodes. Think about that. Uh, it's a really good show. Uh, I also did an episode with uh, Brie, Brenda Welsh, uh, who's a makeup artist. Uh, we actually talk about makeup on set. Um, and, uh, a couple of the photographer episodes, I've got a bunch of really good stuff lined up. So subscribe, do it. I'm on all sorts of different outlets at this point. You can find me on, uh, iTunes. You can find me on Stitcher. You can find me on, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, any of those outlets for podcasts. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for you guys to listen to the show. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's going on. Uh, keep your eye on my, uh, Instagram account as well at Mike Petchy. I've got a bunch of really cool new stuff coming out. Uh, I don't know how I find the time to do all this shit. Oh, I don't sleep. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I forgot. I just don't fucking sleep. That's, that's it. Uh, but anyway, I'm rambling. I'm ranting. Uh, thanks for listening guys. I love you.